Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. Thanks for all of you who sent through your Spotify wrapped, if that's where you listened, uh, showing us your insane stats this year. Kind of crazy to see how many minutes everyone listens to i guess we pump out a lot of content so yeah want to say at the outset of this dsm fermanic team dsm fermanic post nl preview that's how that <laughs> rolls off the tongue thanks to everybody that listened uh this year but yeah that's the team is that did i get it right benji is that, is that yes, the name you did get it right so dsm and fermanic were two companies that merged that's why it became dsm fermanic and now post nl is a new sponsor which i'm pretty sure most of the post i got in belgium also came with post and L when I was still living in Belgium. You know why? So, oh no, I can't say it's too early to be winding you up. Are you gonna roast us because Belgium is supposed to be? I was gonna make a Dutch? joke about Flanders being like a you know a principality of it's too of early. I'm not accepting it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> we move on. <laughs> Australia is just a part of Britain anyway. Kind of true. We've got the flag. <laughs> we've got the, we've got the, it's in the flag. <laughs> So we haven't got rid of that yet. It's still, it's still not a republic, so it's not even a joke. <laughs> See, oh, you wouldn't have seen the Bobcatter, oh, him with the coins, the huge coin of King Charles going crazy. You wouldn't know who Bobcatter is. Um, but I ain't talking about it any longer. Alrighty. <laughs> We're off to a great start. DSM. Mate, DSM yeah. Fermanic Post L, my friend. I'm not calling him. I'm not calling him. <laughs> like Rob Hatch, poor bastard. Like Rob Hash looking down the barrel of what's he looking at next year? DSM, Fermanic, Post, NL, Yambo, Visma, uh, what, what are they called? Visma Lab, Visma Lisa Bike, Visma Lisa Bike. Um, yeah, there's some tough ones out there, but I guess you get used to them. Little Trek. Little Trek, that one is, does roll off the tongue. Maybe we should do a yeah. review of all the team names. Uh, how's the 2023 season, Benji? Not their, not their best one. Yeah, not their best one. Five World Tour victories in total, of which 11 is their total victories. Five World Tour. They won the Fluke TTT in the Vuelta, which I don't really value that highly, not going to lie. They, they got it because of the weather, in my opinion. Dainese won two Grand Tour stages. <laughs> is their most winning rider in World Tour? That's crazy to me. A Giro stage, a Vuelta <laughs> stage. <hate> <laughs> They tried to get him to lead out Meidelhofer in multiple stages. <laughs> or at least they, they gave Meidelhofer the, the, the Alps, And there wasn't a sprint <laughs> stage. <laughs> That's pure torture, man. Anyway, next to him, Andreas Lechnesson was really good at the Giro. I remember a watch-along of that uh, stage where Roglic launched Yeah, And Lechnesson was so bloody good there. And he was good. Mario Rosa for multiple days, top 10 at the Giro eventually as well, which is... You can hold Malia Rosa for a bit and be strong for like a week, but to be able to hold top 10 at the end of the race as well does, does show something, in my opinion. Roman Bardet, fifth at Tour de Suisse. I completely forgot about all his other results because that's where my notes ended, but I'm pretty sure he did something more than just fifth at Tour de Suisse this year. <laughs> um... that's, that's like a very short list of Roman Bardet achievements, according to my notes. 
the thing is like he might quit in 2024 or at, at the end of 2024 so might be his last okay. season but what was the results in 2023 yeah he was seventh also in D, but he, and he was helping pool there a little bit they were quite yeah. good those two i liked i liked him in that race and then uh fleshy came top 10 Paranese mm -hmm. uh seventh with three you know very consistent results uh, and Alps Maritima Duvar eighth so he just <laughs> mate he yeah I know I like Bardet I think he's a really eloquent person and mm -hmm. um I like that he did move even though it was not the end of his career but he did push mm -hmm. himself to move out of a age to R and try something different so I really do respect and like Bardet but he's not He's not even the second tier, touching the second tier of GC contenders at the moment. He's maybe even not even the third tier. I agree, but I do feel like when it comes to the Joe, he was close to a few statements in my head. I think just behind Remco to pull on one. Yeah, the Velta, I'm sorry, you're right. In the Velta, he was close to a, a few statements there. So I think if I had to, well, I'm already spoiling the last part in this podcast, but I'd love to see statements in KOM in 2024 to like, wrap it up the Pinot way a, a bit like that, even though Pinot had quite good GC results in, in 2023, pretty accidentally. Pinot was fucking good this year. <laughs> like, I agree. Re incredible level, but yeah. I I agree with you in the sense, but they need his points, Benji, and he's, yeah. this team, I think, we'll get into some of the other riders in a second, but I'll, I'll get in with the points here in terms of their 2023 review. They're the bottom team that isn't in the relegation zone. I know it's year one, but still yep. 9,102 points. Listen, ag 2 r are only seven points ahead of them, and ag 2 r have a bigger budget, so there's probably some questions there, and they keep getting money from sponsors, but that's good, I guess. Uh, there is a decent gap of nearly of 1,900 points to Arkea, but they got Demar yep. now, and DSM got a lot of outgoings too. Yeah, that is true, but before we get to that, and also relevant to that, Marius Meyerhofer won the Catalan's Great Ocean Road Race. Then they Go. started switching between him and Dainese in Grand Tours, if I recall correctly. Wellsford won a stage of the Bingo Bongo Tour this year. So that's one stage win as well. So that's four World Tour stage wins of those riders. Dainese, Meyerhofer, Wellsford. Max Poole, pretty good. He uh, got relatively close to a Velta stage, as in he finished fourth in one where Remco won, but was a, the last rider to drop off the wheel, if I recall correctly. Got a top five at Roman DGC. I feel like that might be possible to step that up as well. Only kind of disappointed in the in the entire year when it comes to GC. I think depending, yeah, as a follow up of the Crow Tour that Crow race that he had last year, but still top ten at Polonia and UAE with him and Harm van Hooke. Uh, Dejenkolb top ten at Roubaix after Matteo van der Poel crashed him out. But um, yeah, four of those riders that had four of their Walter wins of the five, those riders are leaving. That's that's huge. It's a big problem, and I know they got Pool and other young guys, but yeah, it's a big problem for next year. They're and yeah, their top point scorers are leaving um, as well. So Pool really needs to step up, and even Bardet needs to step up, and Dengkolb. But Bardet and Dengkolb are sort of thirty-three plus. Yep. So, and you look at these on, on the transfers, Benji. What's really shocking to me is they're losing all these riders, not to Yumbo Visma or UAE or any also little track. Yeah. They're losing them to pro Conti teams. They're to losing them to Lotto teams. Destiny. Uh, uh, man, well, yeah, it's kind of. Like, like, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't call Tudor or Uno X a development team or Lotto Destiny. Yeah, but um, for those riders, I see Tudor and Uno X as a means to an end to move up later. You don't go to Tudor to stay in Tudor your entire career, right? You go to Tudor uh, and maybe that team moves up. Or after two years, you go into a, a bigger team by achieving something in that team. I think so, but I think they got good money. So I think they've, they're pretty well pocketed. Of course, maybe Lechnerson probably wants to be on a Norwegian team, maybe. Uh, and, you know, X fits that bill. But yeah, like Harm Van Hocker was the weird one. They signed him, probably paying yeah. him decent money. He was on the team for eight months and left halfway through the year. So he obviously hated it, went straight back to Lotto Destiny. And Wellsford's the one where, yeah, Borahans grow up. You know, it, it makes sense they, that he would go there yeah. um, to replace Bennett with the lead out they have and the equipment they have. So, yeah, they're losing two of their big sprinters plus Meyerhofer. Uh, it says here that there's a that Marco Brenner's out of contract. There was rumors of him going to Tudor, but I've not heard anything yeah. about that since. And could they have not... Like, wouldn't they want to kick Kep Lechnerson or some of these guys, Benji? I don't... I wouldn't pay Dainese. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't... I don't care about Van Hooker leaving, but, like, Meyerhofer, Lechnerson, Wiedeberg, these are guys who are got some upside and they're young and they're already scoring now. The thing I feel when it comes to the ESM is that throughout the last few years, you have two types of riders at the ESM. You've got riders that haven't broken out yet, or riders that have broken out in the past and are trying to find a second fuel in their career. And that second pack of riders, the Dagenkolbs, the Bardets, the Chattahaga back in the day, those riders enjoy their, their time at this team. The young riders going towards their peak, like the Marco Brenners of the world, and also the Lechnesons of the world, those riders seem to stay until they have some type of breakthrough, and then they're leaving. And I feel like they don't have that middle ground in the team, right? And uh, quite a few of these things was Marco Brenner, the story was also related to his saddle, right? I recall yeah. something to the saddle once again, because like you had the story of Sunukur Anderson wanting to change his satellite, and then eventually leaving the team as well. But also, when it comes to Brenner, that same story arrives. Like, I don't know if that's a reason or if that's just a small quarrel they have in these teams, but I, I feel like they miss that middle ground in the team, no? Nah, like, there's, there's no way, even without knowing the details of them and Brenner, there's no way what they've done with Brenner is correct. Okay. Like, you look at this kid's race schedule and the, the injury issues he's said he's been having, and the age yeah. he is, and the talent he is, and you're like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Like, that makes no sense. Agreed. And so, and then he's saying, yeah, he's on the, he tried to go and try and fix it himself because he had back problems, and then it sort of fixed it. Yeah, sort of bizarre stuff. But anyway, um, we'll see. There's no word yet where he ends up. So, yeah, I think the big losses are Lechnersund, Wellsford and that's about Dainese. it. Dainese, I wouldn't have paid him. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't have paid him probably what he wanted after winning two Grand Tour stages in a year, but I still think it's a big loss. Like, the guy did earn like 800 UCI points, Wellsford 950 and so forth, something like that, 990. 2,800 UCI points in those four riders, by the way. Yeah. Now, let's take a look at the riders they're bringing in because, like, we said the riders they were 
we're leaving out, but Jakobsen is joining the team. 700 UCI points in 2023, 1100 the year before. So he has the potential of getting 1100, 1200s in very good years. But will he have that year at the SM? Yes, but it depends on where he can have that at the SM, which yeah. I am quite skeptical about. We can jump into that in a second. Let's first talk about the riders that are surrounding him. Timo Rosen, Liepens, we've got Bram Welten as well, Julius van den Berg, Heis Leemreise, Frank van den Broek, Enzo Leinse, Patrick Eddy, and what on Bargill? Bargill, good point scorer. 800 UCI points last year. That's actually really good. So Jakobsen in his bad, relatively bad year last year, plus Bargill last year is 1,500 points of the 2,800 that they earn back if they do that again next year. But can Jakobsen repeat that with the lead out that is already present in the team, if it's already present, or the riders that they brought in, like Abram Welton, for example, who was supposed to be the lead out for Demar, and then Demar left Grupama, and then Welton left Grupama, and what's happening? Yeah, I think that's, that's right. They've got Leipinge and Welton in to be that lead out for Jakobsen, uh, to make sure they, you know, if I would probably use Lund Andresen as a lead out uh, mm -hmm. as well. But yeah, if you look at the flags of who's leaving and the flags of who's coming in, it's a lot of Dutch riders. So with mm -hmm. Postonel coming in as a sponsor, I think it's obviously much, it seems to be, maybe it's unrelated, but more important to have more Dutch riders in the team. And two of these are coming indeed from Jumbo Visma, a fellow Dutch team. So um, maybe we'll see more of that theme. Maybe Postonel, they needed a marquee Dutch rider. And that's where Fabio Jakobsen fits in. He was also unhappy probably at Quickstep, exactly how it played out this year, or not maybe at Quickstep, but just like they did take him to the tour. Yep. But I think he could have had a better year. I don't think he had the best lead out at all times. He also has his own problems following wheels. I'm not sure how much they're paying him, but it makes sense that if you want a Dutch Twitter France stage winner with a Dutch sponsor... Not a bad guy to go and get on the market, actually. Um, and then Patrick Eddy also, shout out to him being brought up from the DSM uh, development team. He used to race for Inform TM Insight Make in Australia, then Bridge Lane, and then on the dev team. So he's been slowly progressing through. I think he trains, he's from Bendigo. Um, Strong rider, so I'll be following him obviously closely. Matthew Dinham, they they brought in. He already had a like didn't he top ten worlds? Dinham, um, the other Australian. So, what else was I going to say? Oh, Bargill, weird one. Why do they keep all these riders keep going back to uh, X's where it ended badly? Benji, <laughs> yeah. Sam Bennett with Bora, and uh, oh, I don't want to use the Patrick Lefebvre analogy, but. Um, yeah, or yeah, Buggy. What was the story? Did they kick him out of the Vuelta because he didn't want to be a domestique? Ackerman Bora? No. Did he go back to it? No, he didn't go back there. What? I'm, I'm drunk, I think. Anyway, Bennett Bora, that happened. Anyway, um, Bargill. The story was, if I recall, that he, he was in the Vuelta, if I recall correctly, and he denied team orders, no? Leading to the team yeah. throwing him out of the Vuelta which then eventually led to him leaving the team. Am I drunk? I think that's right. And I think Luke he was like... Luke is saying... <laughs> you can say it. <laughs> Luke said he didn't want to ride for Wilco. 
but I think Boggy was actually winning races at the Vuelta, <laughs> so... So... <laughs> um, but yeah, the... Anyway, he's back, so that's fine. I mean, people can make up uh, Rod Ellingworth with... Uh, I just listened to the Cycling Podcast, another example is Rod Ellingworth with Ineos when he went to Byron McLaren and was there for like eight months and then, then went back. Um, so yeah, they're their incomings. Uh, we'll see how Jakobsen goes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The, what, what, what's realistic for this team, Benji? What's their, if they're writing down what they want to do, I think number one is, uh, there's two things that are clear to me. Number one mm-hmm. is try and win a Tour de France stage with Jakobsen. Yeah. It's just obvious. And number two is score more points so you're not worried in, in year three of the relegation cycle and you can focus on developing young talents, et cetera. They'd be, they'd be the two race objectives for me. I agree. I, I've, I wrote the same thing down, but in like five bullet points instead of like two, as in Jakobsen to win multiple Grand Tour stages in the Tour de France, for example, or one, whatever, but also flat sprint classics like Bemerse classics, like try try Kuna Brussel Kuna those type of races, put him in those races, put him in the Bingo Bongo Tour, whatever, to try and win some more stages as well. That kind of stuff I would do in combination with maybe milking some points in the Hungary Tour or something, whatever. I don't know. What's the one? Is the Hungary Tour the one during the Giro? Yes, it is, right? Yeah, normally uh, 10th of May around there. Yeah, okay. Bard A, top 10s in World Tour stages. But with the TDF, I kind of feel like if it's his final year, I just want to see him on TV. And then I want, kind of want to go for stages and, and KOM maybe in the, in the Tour de France. But hey, uh, that, that might happen, might not happen. Bargill, go for stage wins in World Tour races, but also racking points in whatever, whatever races that fit for him. But I, I've got this overall feeling that DSM is kind of a glorified development team in World Tour. Maybe that's harsh, but I've always kind of felt that. And like a Max Poole and Oscar Only, they haven't broken through yet completely. So the next step is that. And then I'm wondering, are they going to stay after that? Only's on a very long contract, so he kind of has to. Cool, I actually don't know if he's out of contract or not soon. He's out of contract in 2027, so he's staying there. But then again, DSM and breaking contract early, it's also a, a, a bond at the moment. <laughs> but um, develop young riders like Tobias Lund Andersen and Kasper van Uden. Kasper van Uden sent the dude to milk some some chat deep GPT Belgian races. Tobias Lund Andersen sent the dude to the Vuelta, I'm calling it. He, he actually, second half of the season of this man was really bloody good. And that's noticeable with some riders. Matt Dinham, really good young rider as well, was seven for eight. I think it's seventh at the World Championships road race. Um, and then I'm looking at Milesi if he stays, because that's unsure at the moment. But also, Kevin Vermarket is like 23, and that dude in August and early September, that, that's crazy. Like, he actually did some, some good results there. There's a, there's a deep pool of young riders here with about 15 of them or half the team under 
24 years old or yeah, maybe 12 under 24 years old right now, mm-hmm. some of them are going to break through. So Matt, Matt Dinham, you know, could he become a really good Ardennes rider? Maybe. Yeah. Oscar Only. Could Max Poole become a really top class go from where he is now to maybe where Otterbrooks was this year as a yeah. GC rider? Possibly. Maybe. But how do they keep them? That's the problem I see for this team is they eventually have to start keeping people who break yeah. through. Because, yeah, okay, you do with Pool, right? Signed to 2027. Let's say he's on 200 a year. And then the buyout fee is then after 24, 5, 6, 7, three times 200K, they get 600K for Pool uh, as the buyout. Yeah. Well, that's not enough. Like, if he turns into a proper, like, podium level GC guy, that's you'd rather keep him. And so they need to start being able to keep but, guys. Now, obviously, if a team offers him three million euros a year, what can you do? Um, yes, but quick question here: You're the the lawyer man in the conversation here, and you know something about contracts. With your you went through the exam, so I'm hoping you you know what you're talking about in those. Well, no, uh, the agency exam had nothing to do with, with rider contracts. <laughs> That's crazy. But that being said, I'm a rider on DSM. You just made the example. I'm going to make 200K for the next five years. Is it like, is the team forced to ditch me if someone offers the same contract value as the years I'm present? No, but no, right? It's just the relationship no. was sour. It's tricky because it also depends on the country of where the team is based and their labor laws. So you can have the UCI laws all you want and the UCI rules, but if they're contradicted by the employment legislation in the relevant country, then that's going to override the UCI rules. So I don't know exactly for... In reality, what happens is no one wants to test it. No one wants to actually yeah. go to court mid-career to test it because also if your rider is suing you to leave the team, it's pretty toxic you know, <laughs> for like, them actually performing. So yeah. in reality, it, it doesn't really happen. Um, but I think it's some countries, yeah, where you'd be like, no, you signed a contract. We saw it with Remco. Obviously, yeah. a fair received by a contract. That's the contract, you know, and Ineos... Doesn't matter what they come with the buyer. I can just set whatever I want. So it varies. There's no real firm answer, but usually, yeah. I would assume it could be in this contract though. Maybe I yeah. would hope if Pool's agent was just like, "Nah, we'll sign him to 200k, 150k a year till the end of 27." I'd be like, <laughs> "I mean," and there's no buyout clause. Then that'd be I would concerning. Like it. Yeah, uh, but. Hopefully one of the, these guys come through, but yeah, they have to figure out, they have to keep, keep these guys so that then they have riders who have been on the team for a while who are in their peak from 25 to 28 yeah. years old. They need more of those riders who aren't earning monster money, but they're really solid, good performers, 25 to 28 years old in the prime of their career, and they can really get some good results. Maybe that's the plan. I don't know. Um, yeah. Based on recent history, it doesn't seem like that will happen. Uh, who's their classics leaders, Benji? Degenkolb, I, I think uh, John Degenstash. That's definitely it. Together with, I don't know, Manuel's Ake, Hovlippens, Rosen, and some 
some some other riders like they need to send him Nabramon to some race to make Shimano happy so send him to the classics maybe I'll send Jinnum to RVV um as well just to see what would happen basically <laughs> why not I mean, maybe why he not? turns like, into Jorgensen yeah just see what would happen uh, <laughs> watch out for Pas uh, Pavel Bittner maybe and, and Patrick yeah. Eddy in some of the classics as well but yeah they need to score Jakobsen? in the classics but Jakobsen in the flood once but Denkob can't get over a hill like <laughs> that's the problem like let's look at his results at he was Roubaix yeah, and he was so like twelfth in Chenvevelhem, fifteenth in Doisdour, nineteenth mm -hmm. in Tour of Flanders. So in Doisdour, yeah, I guess there was a big bunch sprint behind, and his sprint wasn't that good because that's Is the difference Christoph of a now? lot of points. That's a weird comparison. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like... Where did he finish? He finished with Christoph in the like fifth group in Tour of Flanders, like six minutes back. Called it. So yeah, he's just not <laughs> making those. He's just not making those splits anymore. Except yeah. Roubaix, where he he's very very good. Uh, you have to anticipate by going early into the groups that are ahead before the actual final opens up, and that's the only way they can do it. Like how Christoph did it at Duarte-Dorflander and together with Lascano, that type of stuff to get better results. I see that as the possibilities, but there's not much to add to the bloody cobble classics, in my opinion. Well, in also on. On Denkolb, he needs to have a better August and September in the semi-classics. He really yep. needs to step up there. They, his, that part of his season was not good enough. I don't know if he had a crash or something, but yeah. he needs um, to, do, to do more of them and to be in the top five in those races. Uh, yep. uh, what would you send Poole to and Bardet to? Honestly, I'm not 100% sure. I think if it's Bardet's last year, which is possible, then yeah, I'd want to see him at the Tour de France. Pool I'd Giro, want to see him doing stages and KOM. Pool Giro, I find okay. Um, the thing with Pool and Onlyus, someone will have to go to the Vuelta. Bardet might do Tour Vuelta double while he's at it. Yeah, why not? <sighs> I'm, I have no issue with sending Pool and Only both to the Giro. Yeah, I think Poole with the TT would be fine for him. The sight list might be soft. So that seems like a, I would probably send him to the Giro d'Italia. Uh, but yeah, time for hot oh, over-unders. So they had five World oh, Tour yeah. victories this year. How many did they have in 2022? Five as well. But they brought Fabio in now. But is he better than Wilson? They had five in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a pattern here. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, they were better in 2020. Yeah. So I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with five. <laughs> I was going to do the same. We can't do the yeah, same. Five. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with four then. And my hot take is that Tobias Lund Andersen will, will win more Grand Tour stages than Fabio Jakobsen. Because I think they'll send nah. him to the Vuelta. Oh, if he, if he goes to the Vuelta. His, his last part of the season, top threes at Gri, Tour, Guangxi, and so yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just he not sure, though. Um, podium of Vuelta stage, for sure. I, I, I agree. No, he can. He can win one, but I, I think they'll send him to the semi classics instead of the Vuelta. Probably. Uh, that's the problem with that. Uh, I think Fabio wins a, wins a Tour de France stage. That's not a hot and, day. And. 
Okay, I think he wins all of their World Tour races. I thought you were five. gonna say. I thought you were gonna say that Fabio wins all the Tour de France stages. <laughs> no, I don't think he climbs well enough. That's uh, I'll take Fabio Jakobsen. <laughs> Can't climb very well. Okay, that was the team DSM Fermanick post NL preview. I'm hoping, yeah. especially with personally the, the couple of the young Australians pick up Dinham and, and Eddie and Co. And and I'm keen to watch them. And and indeed they are still developing really really good young riders, but. I hope there's I hope there's some introspection at management level during this yes. off season that maybe well, they don't do everything perfectly and what can we do to change things so that we keep these guys or people aren't leaving all the time. I still vividly remember that out of touch uh interview with I think Willer Flitz or Sports are from the yeah, management back tough. in the day. And that was so rough that I've lost all hope in the management self-evaluating their issues at DSM. That being said, and the women's team, I'm full on hype there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The women's team with Pfeiffer, Georgie, and Co. And Yastrab. Yeah, very, very good. But anyway, that's the, the DSM Firmonics post. And I'll preview. I've now got it, got it going finally after 30 minutes. And we'll see <laughs> you with Movistar next. Until then, ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 